0: Father, we thank you for giving your servants utterance and giving your people understanding. We trust the Holy Spirit in us to give us the words to share these things today. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, okay, well last week, last week we started to talk to you about some fun stuff, right? Talk to you about how you get to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow Jesus. And so you do need to listen to the message last week because I don't have the time to really review it. But last week we told you that when Jesus says, so you deny yourself and take up your cross, don't see that as some stern, harsh commandment he's demanding of us. Rather understand that what he wants to offer us is life in the kingdom. He really wants to offer us the opportunity to fully participate in his life and to receive the benefit of him being our life but for that to happen we have to be willing to exchange our life for his and we got to be willing to let the government be upon his shoulder the government of our lives needs to be upon his shoulder so we told you in essence to deny yourself means to say no to self-rule amen no to self-rule know to self-trust. In essence, he is saying, in order to be my disciple, in order for me to be able to do for you, with you, in you, and through you, all that I have in store for you, I need to exchange your life for mine. But I can't do that if you're not willing. So this is what you need to do. You need to upfront, make the decision that you're going to deny yourself or deny yourself the right to rule and govern your life. And you're also going to make the decision that instead of trusting yourself, you're going to put all of your trust in him. And so when I decide that I am not going to rule or govern my life, but I'm going to let the government of my life be upon his shoulder, and I decide I'm not going to trust myself, I'm going to trust him, with my life and with my future, I have denied myself and I am now living a life that enables him to live his life through me. Amen. All right, but you can go back and listen a little bit more and last week message. I spent more time dealing with that. Now I want to take you further today. This saying no to self-rule, this saying no to trusting in yourself is essential. And it is essential because of the purpose for which God created you and me. Why did God create man? Why did God create you? God created you and me, the Bible says in Genesis, in His image. He created us in His image. And the fact that He creates you in His image is the clue to why He created you. He created you in His image because He wanted to be able to manifest Himself perfectly through you. God created you in his image. Well, let me let me take it one step further. God is love. Say God is love. And so God created you in his image for two reasons. One, he created you in his image so that he can pour out his love upon you. He created you to love you. That's his nature. His love, he created you to love you. He created you in his image so that he can manifest the greatest kind of love that could ever be manifested. And that is for him to literally share his life with you. Uh, Now, did, did you get that? Let me repeat it because this is critical. God is love. And because God is love, God created you to love you. And the greatest love God can show towards you is to share his life with you. To be able to live his life in you and live his life through you and to give you the opportunity to share his life perfectly is the greatest manifestation and expression of love. You see, I can give you a thing and that can express love. But if I give you myself, and I say, I'm not just going to give you a thing, I'm giving you me. You can have me. My goodness, there's no greater love than that, right? So, because God is love, God created you to love you, and because God wanted to love you fully and completely, He gave nothing less than Himself. So, He created you in His image so that He can give Himself to you totally and can literally be able to live in you and express Himself through you. Say, that is love. God sharing His life totally with me. Hallelujah. Amen. So, it was always the plan of God for us who have been created in His image to be able to host His life inwardly and then express His life outwardly. Say that. Say, it has always been the Father's will for me to be able to host His life inwardly, and express His life outwardly. That's because He loves us. So He created us in His image because He loves us. And because He loves us, He created us with the capacity to host His life and to express His life. So God always intended your bodies to be the host for you and for Him. Your body wasn't created just to host you. Your body was created with the capacity to host both you and God. So that both you and God can fellowship, commune, love on one another, and God can share His life in you, with you, and through you, you get to share God's life. Isn't that a great plan? Don't you want to just thank that God who came out with that plan? Amen. So whenever you look at your body, understand this body was created with the capacity to host me and God. And God created this body for that purpose so that he can be able to share his life with us and express his life through us. Hallelujah. Now, we know what happened, right? God didn't create us To be independent, to live separate lives, he created us to live together forever with him in the body he had created. But Adam chose otherwise. When God said to Adam, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because the day you eat of that, you will die. What was God saying to Adam? God was saying to Adam, I didn't create you with the capacity to live separate from me. I created you in my image so that we can live together in fellowship and communion. I can share my life with you, become your life, and actually express my life through your personality. You are not capable of living separate from and apart from me. I didn't create you with that in mind. So if you choose to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which means you're choosing to... To live independent, you want to be your own God. You want to have the right to self-govern, self-rule. You want to be able to live independent of me. If you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because you want to be able to live independent of me, you will die because you were not created to live independent of me. You see, man cannot be man as God created him to be apart from God. So when you separate yourself from God and seek to live independent of God, you literally have lost your humanity. Are you hearing me? Something vital to what it takes to be a real man is missing when God isn't living on the inside of you. And so Adam, if you choose not to live as I design you to live In union with me Together with me Sharing my life If you choose independence You will die and, and sure enough Adam chose independence He separated himself from God And he died Spiritually And then over the course of 900 years The body died and, and every year we know what has happened since Now that's Thank God that's not where God left the story. God never gave up on the plan. You see, he's love. And love, don't give up like that. He's love. He created you to love you. And when you messed up, his love compelled him to do something about it, to fix it. And so the father conceived the plan. And what was the plan? The plan that will allow man who had become separated from him to be restored to that place where God could once again live in man, join himself to man, and express himself through the body of man. I said, God the Father conceives a plan of overturning Adam's transgression in order to restore the object of his love, back to that position where he, God, once again could re-inhabit man and he and man could live together in union. Man's body becoming the vehicle through whom God would be able to express his nature perfectly to all of creation. The father conceived the plan the Son came in order to achieve the plan. Come on, that is what Calvary is all about. That is what those 33 years on earth, that life of obedience that Jesus laid perfectly, that culminated on the cross with his death for us, that was what it was about. It was the Father's plan that he had conceived to restore man to that place the original purpose for which man was created, so that he, God, could once again live in man and express himself through man. The Son came in order to achieve it. In order to achieve that plan, the Son needed a body. And so the Father created a body and called that body Jesus of Nazareth. And the Son of God became Jesus of Nazareth and lived on this earth a perfect life of obedience and became the perfect example of what life looks like when life is being lived according to the purpose for which God created it. What life looks like when man and God are one. What what life looks like when man and God are working together in union and when God the Father is able to share his life perfectly with man. You see Jesus of Nazareth and you see God's prototype. This was how it was going to be. Adam was going to be just like Jesus of Nazareth if Adam had not sinned. And guess what? You're destined to be just like Jesus of Nazareth. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. This is what salvation and redemption is all about. It's about restoring God's original plan for man, putting us back in the position where God can now live in us as He lived in Jesus of Nazareth, and He can manifest and express Himself through us fully so that we will be able to say one day, if you see me, you see Jesus. And it won't be a faith statement. It'll be a real statement because it would have been actualized. Come on, say hallelujah. hallelujah. The father conceived that the son came and on the cross he said, it is finished. On the third day he rose again and it was finished. God, through the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus and by the sharing of his blood, has solved the problem Adam created by sin. Jesus by his death, burial, and resurrection has solved the problem that has produced the separation between God and man. Jesus came to remove that separation. That was a result of the fall, which was a result of Adam's sin. But in order to remove the separation, he had to take care of the sin problem because the sin problem is the cause of the separation. Until the sin problem is resolved, God cannot live in man. God's purpose for man cannot be fulfilled. Man and God are forever going to be separate until the sin problem is resolved. But who will solve the sin problem? All of the sacrifices of blood of animals could not take away sin. So Jesus says, Prepare for me a body. Amen. And he came and he solved the separation problem by solving the sin problem. If you don't solve the sin problem, you can't solve the separation problem. And if you can't solve the separation problem, you cannot solve the issue of union with God. And God's purpose can never be fulfilled until sin is completely taken out of the way. And that's why the Bible says the Lamb of God was slain from the foundation of the world. But behold, the Lamb of God that takes away, takes sin out of the way of God so that God can come back and live in us and manifest Himself through us and love us by giving His life to us and expressing His life through us. If the sin problem is only partially dealt with, Christ cannot live in you. If the sin problem has not been fully dealt with by Jesus, you cannot experience union with God. You are destined to ever be separate from God and to live for God as though He's out there and you're trying to please Him. That's religion. God never intended you to be separate from Him, living for Him, trying to please Him, trying to get to Him by your good works or by your obedience. That's never, that was never the original plan. And Jesus didn't come to give something less than what God originally intended. Jesus solved the sin problem on the cross once and for all. While the blood of goats and bulls could not do, Christ did. Hallelujah. And now every man, every woman who believes in him, here is the good news. When you believe... What he achieved, what the Father conceived, when you believe that which is revealed by the Spirit in the gospel, two things happen. All of your sins. Oh, <laughs> come on, say that. You know, I, we've been saying this for years, but every time I say it, blesses my heart. All of your sins, your past, your present, your future, the whole thing is taken out of the way because the blood of Jesus has fully paid the price required by the law. God is satisfied. Sins have been dealt with. Now there is no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because Jesus has removed our sins. And now we can stand before God fully accepted in the beloved. Reconciled unto God. That is what he did by his death. He removed our sins and he reconciles us to God. And when you think of reconciliation your heart should be full of gratitude. Your heart should be full of thanksgiving because You are right in God's sight. But reconciliation in of itself does not give you the capacity to live differently. You need more than reconciliation. You need more than your sins being forgiven. You need to experience union with God. God needs to come back and live in you. And that is what regeneration is all about. That's, you got to hear me. The forgiveness of sins is necessary so you can be born again. The, the, The new birth is regeneration. Regeneration is nothing more or nothing less than God coming back to live in you. It is when God places the Spirit of the Son on the inside of you. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you get regenerated. That means God has become your life. You and God are joined together once more. You are alive, but now Christ is your life. And now because Christ is your life, you now have the capacity to express His life through your mortal body. Come on, say hallelujah. You see, we, we have studied, we understand reconciliation, but we don't understand regeneration. We don't have the kind of revelation we need because regeneration is all about union. It's not about... Okay, God has reconciled me so would I die and go to heaven. That's not the gospel. God has reconciled me so that God can come back and live in me. The Son of God can live in me. And the Son of God can become my very life. And I can say like Paul, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But it is Christ, it is Christ, it is Christ who is now living in me. And the life you see me living, this is how it's being lived. It's being lived by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, we don't offer people heaven. Thank God for heaven, but the life of Christ in you is far greater than heaven. It, 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 it gives you heaven, but it's far greater than heaven. Hey! Christ came to restore God's purpose and plan and make it possible for God to inhabit So the first thing that happens because of what the son achieved, and when you believe the gospel, you receive this reconciliation with God, this removal of your sin. And the second thing that happens now that your sins are all forgiven, God downloads the spirit of his son into you. And once again, God is inhabiting your human body. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got to understand this folks, the life that Jesus lived, that perfect life of obedience, qualified him to die for you and me and solve the sin problem. But the death that Jesus died qualifies you to once again be the recipient of his life to be inhabited by him. The life he died qualifies your body once again to be his temple. Now, what is the purpose for this body? Why did God give you and me a body? Well, let's look at Jesus. Go to Hebrews chapter ten. 5 to 7. We're going to read Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 5 to 7. You see, I'm showing you why you must deny yourself. Because we we need to get that old self out of the way, right? Because God has a purpose. Now notice now, Christ's death has made it possible for your sins to completely be forgiven and qualify your body once again to be inhabited by God. And so through the Spirit of God, the life of the Son of God is now downloaded into your spirit. You and Christ are both living in your body, but you're living as one. I and the Father are one. And we ought to say, I and the Son are one. Jesus said in that day, in that day, or something about this day, you will know. I'm the Father, you are in me, and I'm in you. The problem is revelation. We don't live as He lived because we don't walk in the revelation He had. He had the revelation of union with the Father. Our revelation is incomplete. Are you all hearing this? Now let's read this because He gave us a body, right? Now let's look at Jesus. Therefore, In fact, let's read it together. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you. Now, why didn't God desire sacrifice and offering? He's talking about all of the stuff in the Old Testament. Why? It didn't solve the sin problem. It did not solve the sin problem. All it was doing was just covering up sin. So God took no pleasure in that. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but... A body you have prepared for me. That body was the body of a man called Jesus of Nazareth. God prepared the body of Jesus of Nazareth for his son to live in. And to be the example of how we ought to live. And how he ought to be allowed to live in our bodies. So God prepared the body of a man called Jesus of Nazareth, had him born through a virgin so he would not have the sin nature, in order that the Son of God may live in Jesus of Nazareth as a man in order to show us how it ought to be done. So when you see Jesus, you see the original pattern which Adam lost, but which God is committed to fully restoring and has already started. The process has already begun in you. When you got born again, my goodness, your sins were out of the way. Christ was downloaded into your spirit. So the process is already started. and it's destined to be completed because the Bible says we are predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son. and the day we see him, we shall be like him. it's it's going to be complete, but it's already started. He gave you a body. Let's see. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Next verse. Then I said, that's the son speaking, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your listen to me. He prepared a body for Jesus. And Jesus tells you that the body that was prepared by God was prepared by God for one purpose, that Jesus might use that body to do God's will. And what was God's will? God's will was that which was written in the volume of the book concerning Jesus of Nazareth. So listen to me. God had already written in the volume of the book, the plan he had for Jesus of Nazareth and how he, God, was going to reveal himself through Jesus of Nazareth to the world. It was already written, the story of Jesus of Nazareth was already written. And then God said, now I'm giving you the body of Jesus of Nazareth, now you take that body and you now allow that story that was already written to be acted out in and through the body of Jesus of Nazareth on the earth. You see, hear me, this is the point I hope you get. There's only one reason for your body. It is so that the will of God can be done on earth why I was given a body that's not why you were given a body that's not why Jesus was given a body you were given a body for one purpose so that the will of God can be done. You were given a body for one purpose so that what God has written down in the volume of the book concerning you can be acted out on earth, played out on stage as you allow that body to be used by the Christ that is in you for the purpose of Revealing Him to the world. This is so important. And this is where we keep missing it. You see, because just as the Father dwelt in the Son, in Jesus of Nazareth, even so, the Son dwells in my body in the same manner. But obviously there's a difference in the effect that it produced in Jesus and the effect it produces in me. There's a difference in terms of the manifestation Jesus of Nazareth allowed the Father to manifest himself perfectly through him so that every time he was speaking or doing anything he was speaking what God was saying and he was doing what God had said. God was actually acting out the story and carrying out the plan using the body of Jesus of Nazareth. He, he surrendered perfectly and exclusively to that purpose. The reason why he was the perfect manifestation of the Father was because he exclusively presented his body to the Father for his exclusive use. To act out, carry out what had been written in the volume of the book. The plan that God had of how he was going to reveal himself through Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth completely surrendered to that plan and saw his body and presented his body exclusively for that one purpose. Now hear me, in the volume of the book there's a plan and there's a story that God has already written concerning your life. It's not just of Jesus. God has a plan for Darling St. Johnson that was conceived long before Darling St. Johnson showed up. A plan and a story of how he wants to uniquely reveal himself through the personality of Darling St. Johnson during the time that Darling St. Johnson is on the planet. And now, having conceived the plan for Darling St. Johnson, hasn't written it in the book of life, he created a body. For darling son johnson to live in but not for darling son johnson to live in by himself for he and darling son johnson to live in and now what is necessary is for darling son johnson to understand that this body is exclusively to be used for that story for that plan for god the son to express and reveal himself, so that when people look at this body and hear what Darlington Johnson is saying and see what Darlington Johnson is doing and see how he's responding to people and circumstances, what they're actually seeing is the plan, the story being acted out by the son in and through the personality of Darlington Johnson. And so that when you see Darlington Johnson, you're seeing Christ at work in this body. Revealing Himself, His nature, His love, and His power. That's the difference between you and Jesus of Nazareth. As the Father dwelt in Jesus of Nazareth, to the same degree and in the same manner, the Son dwells in us. And our prayer should be, Lord, this day, This day, I want to be to you what you were to the Father. So that you, Jesus, can be in me and through me while the Father was in you and through you. This day, I want to be that person who presents his body exclusively for this one purpose, that you, Son of God in me, might live your life through me and be glorified. In me that men may look at me and see you experience you your love your power your nature and this is the high calling that we have been called to so you 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 read about the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Paul says in the book of Galatians these are his words he said In Galatians 1, 15 to 16, he says, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, in other words, before I was born, before I showed up, long before I showed up, he had already written a story and had a plan for a man called Saul of Tarsus. And at the appointed time, he created a body that Saul of Tarsus would live in, a body that he would also live in. And together as one, Saul of of Tarsus, his body would become the instrument through whom God will reveal himself. So this is what Paul writes. Who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, that's the purpose for your body. The purpose of the body of Jesus of Nazareth was to, re- was to reveal the Father. The purpose for your body is to reveal the Son. The difference in results has to do with the difference in our commitment. Jesus of Nazareth was totally and exclusively committed to that one purpose. We we struggle. We haven't received the revelation to the degree, and we have not been willing to yield and surrender exclusively to that purpose. Now you understand why he says deny yourself. Because denying yourself is doing what he did. So that the father could have exclusive use of his body. And when he says deny yourself, he's saying that's the purpose. The purpose is for my, for my life to be used, to be expressed exclusively through your body. So go ahead, deny yourself and present your bodies a living sacrifice so that I can have exclusive use of it to manifest who I am, my love, my nature, my power, that story that the Father has written to act it out through you on this stage called earth. So Paul understood that. And here was Paul's attitude. Now we go to the book of Philippians. Go to the book of Philippians 3, verse 12 to 16. Are are you learning? Philippians 3, 12 to 16. Quickly. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. That's apostle Paul speaking in Philippians chapter 3, 12 to 16. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold. What did Paul say? I'm pressing on to lay hold of that for which Christ has already laid hold of me. Now, By now you ought to know why did Christ lay hold of the body of Paul? In order that he might be revealed in Paul through Paul to the world. In order that Paul's body might be the instrument of the revelation of Christ. The instrument for the outworking of that story that is in the volume of the books. So Paul says... I, I, haven't, I haven't perfected that yet. I haven't fully surrendered yet. I haven't, I haven't become all that I need to be. I don't have all the revelation I need yet. I'm not walking in that as perfectly as Jesus of Nazareth did. The Son in me is not expressing himself as fully. is not able to express himself as completely through me as the Father was able to express himself through Jesus of Nazareth. But this one thing I do, I know why he laid hold of me. I know why he went to the cross. I know why he created me. I know why he gave me a body. He gave me a body in order to express himself through me. He, he, he gave me a body that he might work through me and reveal himself through me. Hey, I haven't yet obtained. I haven't yet become. I haven't yet surrendered as fully and completely. So the revelation of Christ in me is not as complete as it needs to me. Once in a while myself gets in the way. I still got some problems with believing. I still have some problems with yielding. I still have some some problems with surrendering and that is hindering the degree by which Christ is being revealed. But I am not going to quit. I know why I have a body. And Paul is saying I'm going to keep on pressing on. I'm going to forget the things that are behind. When I fail I'm not going to focus upon that. I'm going to remember that I'm forgiven. I'm going to remember all of my sins are gone. I'm going to remember he does not condemn me. I'm going to remember he does not remove his spirit from me anymore. He's inside of me. And even when I fail I'm not going to focus on that I'm going to keep pressing on In order to be all that he's called me to be I'm going to keep pressing on Because I want to know him more I want to get a revelation of who he is So that I can heal more fully So that he can manifest himself more fully In and through me then that ought to be my attitude, your attitude. So Paul, Paul brings this discussion to an end. He says that everybody has the same attitude. And he says if you don't have it, God will reveal it to you. I pray today that God is revealing to you why you are here, why he gave you the body, and why it is necessary for you to deny yourself. Why? So that your body can become solely and exclusively used for the purpose for which it was given, to do God's will. And if you don't know what God's will is, it's to reveal the Son through you, His life, His nature, His power, so that your body simply becomes an instrument for the revelation of Christ to creation. You see, God wants you and me to so present our bodies that our, our wives can look at us, and they see Jesus. They see His love flowing through us. They see His life being manifest through us. They see Him. So that, so that your husband can see Christ in you. So that your employer, when you go to work, Christ is so able to work through you. Your body is so totally surrendered to Him exclusively that Christ now can literally live, manifest and they look, and they see him." So I'm pressing on, said Paul, to lay hold of that. What is that? It is conformity to the image of Christ. What is that? It is that Christ who lives in me, who is one with me, can express himself through me so completely that I can say without any doubt, when you encounter me, you have encountered Christ because he and I are one and my body is being used exclusively for him. Brethren, we have not yet attained but this is what we are pressing for and that's why you must seek To know Him in the Word. That's why you must ask for greater revelation, understanding of who He is. That's why you must continue to surrender and press in. To surrender even more and more of you. That's why you must learn to trust yourself less and less and trust Him more and more. All for this purpose. That whatever obstacles and hindrances that are in your life that are limiting the expression of Christ and the manifestation of His fullness through you can be taken out of the way. say hallelujah. You know, when you and I get to heaven, when you and I get to heaven, when you and I get to heaven, we're going to get to see the plan. we are going to get to see what was written in the volume. We're going to get to see what God had planned to, to do with our bodies on earth and the story he wanted to write through us. You will see the degree to which he wanted to reveal himself through you on the earth. You will see the plan and then you realize that only a small percentage of that actually got carried out. And the reason for the difference between the plan and what actually gets carried out has to do with the disposition of your will. To what degree are you committed to that plan being carried out? To what degree are you willing to surrender your body exclusively for that purpose? The less you surrender your body, the less of that plan actually gets actualized. Thank you, Father. Raise your hands, and those of you who are watching. Wherever you are, may the Holy Spirit reveal to you now fully and perfectly why God gave you the body that you're in. That body has been given to you exclusively to do His will, exclusively for the purpose of manifesting and expressing the Son, that all of creation will be able to look at you and see the Son. That's the purpose of your body. Now I pray for you that you will surrender totally to that purpose and exclusively to that purpose. And you will begin to acknowledge the Son in you because He is in you. And on a daily basis you will continue to present your body for this purpose and this purpose alone that Christ may be revealed in you. And whenever you notice that you have not done so you will quickly repent and continue on this journey because you know He is still in you, conforming you yet to his image. May this truth enter your hearts and mind in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you.